Hey everyone, welcome to the Port City Podcast. We hope this finds you well. We pray that the Holy Spirit will deepen us through these honest and open conversations. So settle in, take a deep breath, and join us as we continue our series on the good news. Today, we are going to talk about parables that Jesus preached specifically about the kingdom of heaven. Um, I found 10 uh, parables that start with the kingdom of heaven is like some sort of verbiage like that and then gives some uh, weird, sometimes confusing story afterwards. And so the idea of today is to go through those. uh, the goal being to figure out what the kingdom of heaven was for. And can we piece all these together and try to figure out like the full picture of what Jesus meant by these parables? Uh, the first, uh, before we, before we do that though, I think it's important to see, um, why Jesus chose to speak in parables. And so, um, we're going to hear from, Mark 4.10, do that one first. Mark 4.10, NRSV. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. We see a similar account in Matthew 13, 10. I'm going to read 10 through 17. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. There's different... um, There's different opinions about what this meant. Some people think that Jesus was intentionally hiding the truth from people by telling them parables instead of telling them plainly. Um, it's it's tricky, even in both accounts, it, it doesn't feel super clear by 
what he meant for a while. I thought he was, uh, well, actually, John, why don't you read uh, uh, Matthew 13, 34? Matthew 13, 34. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. So the hidden from the foundation of the world is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, but I think the, the question is, and I'd love to know what you guys think. Like, do you, does, is Jesus telling them in parables? I, I thought Jesus spoke in parables. Like, I thought he was saying they, if I, I thought the gist was, if I told them plainly, they wouldn't get it. And so I tell them in parables so that it'd be easier for them to understand. But I, I think that that's not, most people are, there's, there's just some confusion and there's discourse over what he meant by like, they, they will not know. Like I tell them and they will not know. So mm-hmm. like, so based on what we read or what you've previously thought, like these seem to be the, the main um, s- scriptural reasoning for parables. And so uh, what do you think about why he spoke in parables? Was it to be helpful or was it to, uh, to keep something f- from the people? Like he, he said, he, he speaks plainly to the disciples, but yeah. then to the masses, he like only speaks in parables. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but then he does like the Sermon on the Mount, which he, which he speaks to masses. So maybe it's like particular, like maybe if people are coming to hear him and he, and he knows their hearts that he preaches to them. But then if he's just on the streets preaching loudly is when he chooses parables. I don't know. Any, any thoughts? It feels maybe more confusing the more I think about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, well, I, I think there is an element of meeting people where they're at in that some people don't need to. I think you are right. I think some people don't, won't get it um, if it's told plainly to them. But also first, in first thinking about this, like there are things that have been revealed to me through art, through beauty, through wonder, through mystery that I cannot, that I don't think would have been revealed to me if someone had just told them to me plainly. Yeah. To tell someone that God loves them infinitely without them ever having to lift a finger um you can hear it and you can agree with it but to see it played out in the universe like while you live your life is how you really internalize it and believe it yeah that's good and i think that parables are stories parables is are in a sense like artwork like Jesus is painting a picture. And I think about like a Wes Anderson film where I just, it's fresh in my mind because he just put a few shorts out that were really entertaining. Um, they were uh, recreations of Roald Dahl stories. Um, and as I, was, as I was watching them, like I'm watching this piece of art tell a story and I'm feeling something and understanding something that I'm not able to really put to words, but like my soul resonates with it. And I mm-hmm. under feel like I understand more about my role in the universe and 
my role in um, God's creation and who he made me to be after watching that. But I wouldn't be able to like plainly tell you what that is. Yeah. And I think maybe Jesus is doing some of that to the masses um, where he's giving them an opportunity to like not just intellectually understand something, but to truly like um, be have something revealed by the Spirit mm-hmm. to them. Um, and it's all a mystery. It's all very mysterious. Yeah, and I think if it was, like if our whole relationship with Jesus was just flat out like plain knowledge, he'd probably just have come and just been like, here it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. But because our lives are stories, Mm-hmm. and how he came to redeem and restore those stories. Like he uses stories as a part of that, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, which I think is really beautiful and how like probably different people at different times, you know, you hear like, the Israelites probably knew the story of the the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea for generation to generation. And like they were told that by mouth, like from mm-hmm. their fathers and their grandfathers. And there was probably like at times something like a story didn't really click, but then through a life experience, mm-hmm. they remember that story and it clicks, you mm-hmm. know, and the spirit reveals something new through that story. Um so it could have been where, you know, Jesus is preaching these parables and not everybody at one time gets it mm-hmm. or their eyes are open to that. But like maybe later on as they're living something out, they remember Jesus preaching that and they believe because of that story. Because they're like literally like reaping a harvest. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah. oh, <laughs> this is what it means. Because yeah. Jesus met them where they were and, yeah. and like knew like all of the parables he uses were specific to agrarian yeah. culture. Yeah. And so a lot of it is like kind of foreign to us because it doesn't like, that's not how we yeah. live a lot of the time anymore. But like it would have all in a way, like I say made sense right? in the sense of the like, um, the verbiage and like the, the wording that he would have used. Right. But it all had the opportunity to be lived out. Yes, yeah. Because that was their life. So uh, these, the two Matthew passages are from chapter 13. Uh, In chapter 12, I'm just looking. So Matthew 12, 22 starts with, then they brought him, I'm assuming him as Jesus, to a demoniac who was blind and mute. He cured him so that the one who had been mute could speak and see. All the crowds were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said it is only by Beelzebul is what they said, whatever. <laughs> the, ruler, the ruler of the demons that this fellow casts out demons. There's, a little, there's another section at verse 33. Then in verse 38, then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, so the scribes and Pharisees are, are responding again. It in 46 says while he was still speaking to the crowd. So I think what I'm trying to get here is, uh, and then that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Great cows gathered around him. 
and uh, he got into the boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables. And so I think some people argue that when he's saying like that he's like speaking in parables to disguise it, I think some people think he's doing that because if he speaks these things plainly, then the Pharisees could, they mm. would have something on him mm. of like, he's, he's, cause that was the whole deal too. Like Jesus was arrested because he was like, like an enemy of the Jews. Right. Or right. like, um, or he was like, I mean, he would have really disrupted the, um, like, like he was a cult leader or he was like trying to turn the people against the, like, like when he, when he, uh, like when the Pharisees see him working on the Sabbath, like he, he was just someone right. who was in opposition mm. to the Pharisees. And right. so, so some people argue that he speaks in parables when he speaks to the crowds, because he knows that Pharisees and people are listening. And if he says something too direct and, and, and the, I think their point is the reason I, uh, Matthew thirteen thirteen. the reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. Being that like, so you, so he knows that some of them will, the ones who have ears to hear, mm-hmm. but then the ones who don't will not hear. And so it's kind of, it seems like it could be a little bit of this. It's not like Jesus is speaking in parables to the masses because the masses will not understand. That feels a little bit silly. Why is he speaking in parables to the masses if none of them are going to understand it? Yeah. But I think there's argument that he speaks to parables and masses because those who have ears to hear, who are able to like their their imagination mm. can make sense of the the picture. And then the ones who don't have ears to hear just hear Jesus saying some words that may not make sense to them, like someone like a Pharisee or something. And then typically like it's like and the Pharisees respond because they don't get it and right. they're, resp- you know, so I think. Yeah. yeah. What's the like through line of the person that gets it? Do they have the spirit of God? Like to, has the Holy Spirit revealed it to them? Have they come to a place in their life where they're able to see beyond themselves? Like the Pharisees couldn't, they couldn't see beyond mm. their own power to yeah. be able to, to hear it. I guess that's a tension of like, God's sovereignty and man's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the age-old question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what? Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same thing as now. What? What? Like, how are we able to hear it? How do you hear and accept, and someone else hear and yeah. decline? The, I don't know. Interesting. That's another. <laughs> that's another episode. I mean, I would say the spirit, but yeah, just because like it's the same with us, like going and sharing the gospel, or like literally nothing that we say can't open their eyes it's the lord is what i would say but yeah maybe a little bit of both i think that's where i land yeah again i want to remind everyone that this is not a theology Theology podcast podcast. (laughs) so so uh, the goal here is just to get you to think and go read it and do and gosh the phrase do your own research has become such a like silly one i hate that phrase now because it's typically meant to like it just feels so like conspiracy and I don't mean that but but there are lots of great resources to go and study and so yeah I would say just to anyone listening like don't just some podcasts I think you can listen to the people and say that's probably a pretty well informed and I can believe what they're saying because they have degrees in education (laughs) that would back there that's not us the goal of this podcast has never really been informative 
it's really just like to get someone to think about something. Well, well, here's the thing about that question in particular is you can go to a hundred different scholarly sources, men and women who have devoted their lives to studying the scriptures, studying the faith, and they'll come to different conclusions, you know? And so then in the end, it's like, well, like what saves us? (laughs) Is it like me affirming that it's the spirit and only the spirit? Is it me affirming that it's both? Is it me affirming that it's only our, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no. Um, what saves us is not what we get right. Yeah. Woo. The end goal is deeper intimacy with mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So that searching those questions, like the answer itself should not be our end goal. Right. It's, yes. Yeah, that's good. I don't want to get too off topic because we could talk about that for an hour, but I do <laughs> think that's true. That's yeah. kind of the point of like, you find answers not for the sake of answers, but for the sake of closeness. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, in some way, in some mix between loosely and competently, I think we we can say like Jesus was not speaking in parables to keep anything from mm-hmm. the masses. Yeah. But he was speaking in parables to maybe elicit some imagination and, and some thinking um, in ways that the common people might could understand. Maybe even they understood more than the Pharisees. I don't know. Because uh, they weren't right. Because the Pharisees aren't yeah. right. I mean, yeah. again, they probably knew, but I'm just yeah. You that's know. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so we can move on. I just wanted to start with that because um, Jesus does have things to say about why he speaks in parables, and so now that we've done that, um, according to the research that I have done, <laughs> uh, again, um, the, the, my my statements are not exclusionary. The fact that I've said there are 10 examples doesn't mean that I believe that the 11th one is false. It means that I could, I didn't find the 11th one if anybody else did. So it's not <laughs> like I'm saying like, it's just 10, no more. But it seems to be that there are 10, um, the kingdom of heaven is like parables. And, uh, and so what we're going to do now is run through those and see what Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. Some of them are from Matthew 13, uh, most of them are from Matthew 13. And then we get to Matthew 18, Matthew 20, Matthew 22, Matthew 25. And so those are going to be like the Matthew 13 ones are a more, there's a different tone when we get to the later ones, but the Matthew 13 ones are all from this sort of, like he's sitting on the boat preaching to the masses. And so yeah. he's explaining the kingdom of heaven seemingly like to the masses where, where, like it's it's a, a positive kind of deal, but then in the later ones, sometimes he's talking to the Pharisees specifically when he's explaining, and then it's kind of a more like gotcha kind of thing. So the tone is going to change. So just a little bit of context on the tone will be good since we're just going to read the individual passages. So uh, why don't we start also for the sake of the fact that this is a podcast where we talk about theology from a philosophical approach, but we're still talking about the Bible. We're going to read if, if there is, or if there are multiple um, places where uh, we see the, um, the parable in the Bible, we're going to read both accounts just so we can hear both and see where they're similar. And so I can say uh, there are, it looks like there's one that was in Mark and Luke 
one that was, or sorry, one that was in Matthew and Mark, one that was in Matthew and Luke, and then one that's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then the rest are just in Matthew. And, and, um, no, John. Yeah, no, John. He had no time for the parables. No, he was um, trying to get them to believe. But <laughs> also, I will say, interesting that, uh, the only ones that said the kingdom of heaven is like was Matthew, Luke, and uh, Mark said uh, kingdom of God. Uh, but but because they all but but the mustard seed is the one that's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and so Matthew says the kingdom of heaven is like this. Mark and Luke say the kingdom of God is like this, but it precedes the same parable. Yeah, you know. So kind mm-hmm. of on a previous episode, we talked about like. Do, are they interchangeable? Are they interchangeable sometimes and not others? And so at least it seems like in the, at least in that parable, and maybe for now we can assume these other similar parables that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God are interchangeable, interchangeable when, when speaking about what it is like. Yeah.